What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Once you have it, all those who can stand in reverence to God's word. Matthew chapter 9, beginning at verse 35. You have it? All right. I'll be reading from the King James Version. The word of God reads thusly. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing in every sickness and every disease among the people. But, somebody say but. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. Because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then, somebody say then. Saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his Harvest, And thus ends the reading of the word of the Lord. You may be seated in his presence. I invite you now to bow your heads as we begin to pray. Lord God, how we love you, how we praise you, how we honor you this Lord's day for what you have already done in this place. You have given us reason to celebrate this morning. For many of us, we don't feel the way we want to feel, yet we still have life. We still have a reasonable portion of health and strength. And so for that, God, we say thank you. And so now as we enter into this sermonic moment, I ask, Lord, that you might use today's word, this word today, to touch someone in a unique way to deliver someone, to open someone up today to not only hearing your word, but being a doer of your word also. God, we praise you for your word and we ask that you might remove me out of the way so that your word might go forth boldly and that it might accomplish all that you sent it out to accomplish. It's in Jesus' name that we praise you. Let every heart say amen. Amen. Say amen again. Right, here come another mother. Come on, mother. Come on up in here, mother. Yeah. Yeah, it's Mother's Day. It sure is. Yes. Here she comes. Let her come on in. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody smile. Y'all come on now. Smile, y'all. All 
right. Some of y'all just refuse to smile. Like, no, I'm not going to smile because you told me to smile. You know, so I get it. No, I don't. Um, <laughs> nevertheless, for all those who are smiling back, God bless you. Thank you all so much. We need, we need those smiles sometimes just to make it through. All right, today, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through 38. Uh, I'm just going to read real quick. I'm just going to read real quick to reiterate verse 31. Y'all see it? You didn't close your Bibles, did you? All right, good. Verse 31, it says, But they... When they were departed. Well, let me go back by King James. But when he saw the multitudes. But when he saw the multitudes. But when he saw the multitudes. Y'all see that? But when he saw the multitudes. Hmm. Y'all know that word, but is that 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 dangerous conjunction? Yeah, it went off in y'all's head. Conjunction, junction, what's your function? Yeah. But is that dangerous conjunction that puts a limp in anything that precedes it? So you look good, but. Right? You sound great, but. So you throw a butt in there, you done opened us up to a limp. And if you go before verse 36, and it talks about all that Jesus was doing, and then it says, but, y'all catching that? Ask my daughter, how's school going? Everything's going great, but. Y'all catching that? But is a dangerous conjunction. Because all can be going well until you get to the but. But when Jesus saw the multitudes, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. All right, so let's write down today's uh, title for today's teaching. But when he saw the multitudes. Mm. Today I want to teach from this topic. Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? But when he was, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved. Do you see what I see? There is so much around you and I. That is dysfunctional. There's so much around us that is dysfunctional that when we see things that we should see that's supposed to happen, we now have to stop. Y'all catching this? There's so much dysfunction around us that when we see people actually operating in love, everybody goes, whoa. You see that? We have so much dysfunction around us. When we see people actually operating 
in peace and forgiveness, we go, whoa, did you see that? Y'all catching this? And it was just today on the news cycle. Just today, they, they were talking about they were talking about the fact that a mother had sent her son to Central State University, and on his graduation, he's graduating. And so on Mother's Day, they thought this would be a great time to share this story about this mother who sacrifices her own graduation. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Her own graduation, walking across her own stage to get her own degree and her own diploma. She sacrificed that momentous moment as a, as a non traditional student to go and share in her son's graduation. This was such a big deal that by the time the president of Central State University got the news, he makes an immediate phone call. I think it was Ferris State University. makes an immediate phone call to Ferris State University and says, I need to do something about this. This woman is sacrificing her own elevation, her own celebration for her son. What are we going to do about that? And so they agreed to confer her degree right there with her son. They found an extra cap and gown. And y'all look at that and y'all go, whoa. Did you see that? Watching the news today. They said, they said uh, in the Pittsburgh Marathon, they said the people that got the most attention in the Pittsburgh Marathon weren't the people that came in first, it was two people that came in last. Well, why, why, why did they pay attention to the people who came in last? They paid attention to the people who came in last because they realized that first of all, they were too tired to make it to the finish line, both of them, until they saw one another. I know I got some witnesses in here. You need somebody sometime just to make it to the finish line. They saw each other and what and what that example showed is is that they looked at each other and and the picture shows them grabbing each other's hand and they were able to exchange strength. When I felt like giving up, she said, just keep moving. When she felt like giving up, I said, just keep moving. And they made a 26 mile marathon came in last. And the reason why they came in is because they had each other. And everybody looked at that news story and said, whoa. Because we have so much dysfunction around us. We have so much mess around us that when we see good stuff, we go, whoa. Do you see what I see? And so Jesus was doing good stuff. He was doing great things. He was teaching and preaching and healing all diseases all over town. But when he looked up, but when he looked up, he was working. But when he looked up, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. When he turned on CNN, does that make sense? When he, when he opened up the newspaper, when he looked at the Wall Street Journal, when he looked at the newspaper, when he looked up. Are y'all catching this? What does he see? And I'm going to be real with y'all. I have a phrase that I say often. And the reason why I say this phrase is that whenever I see a revelation in the word of God, or whenever I, I get a revelation or whenever I see something that stands out in the word, whenever I see it, I get so excited that I want to know whether or not I'm the only one that sees it. Right. And so I have this phrase that I say all the time. I'll say something like, are you feeling what I'm saying? You ever heard me say that? Yeah. I say that because I want to know that y'all understand what I'm seeing in the Bible, what I'm seeing. is y'all catching this? 
I want to know whether or not y'all are agreeing or y'all seeing or I've exposed it in a way that y'all understand or you're getting understanding what I'm saying. So I'll say, are you feeling what I'm saying? Are y'all catching this? Yeah. And so in this context, in this text, I'm feeling what Jesus is seeing. Isn't it good sometimes to know that somebody else is going through and seeing what you see? Isn't it awesome sometimes? Even though you don't really want some folk to see and go through what you go through, every now and then is misery just love company. Yeah, misery just love company. And so Jesus looks up and he sees something and I understand how he felt. When I look around, I understand how Jesus felt. Here's the deal. I'm not like Jesus, y'all. I ain't perfect. But I get what Jesus saw. I see what Jesus was seeing when he looked up after doing all of that hard work, after doing all of that ministry. He sees brokenness all around him. Are y'all catching this? These are people who want what he has to offer, but they don't want him. They want the miracles, but they don't want the miracle worker. Are y'all catching this? Jesus looks up, and I get what he sees. Because I see people when I look up from ministry, when I look up from the work. And I don't know. I don't know if y'all see what I see. That's why I'm asking. Do you see what I see? Because when I look up, I see that there are some folk that they want to, they want to go, but they don't want to go, but so far. Are y'all with what I'm saying? Okay, y'all think. Okay, y'all ever heard of a stallion? A stallion like a horse? A stallion is a horse that you see out in the wild. It's a beautiful horse, muscular horse, strong horse, right? Big horse, suave horse, right? But in order for a stallion to be useful, it must be broken. And if you know anything about a stallion and the breaking of a stallion, a cowboy has to literally ride a stallion in order to break a stallion. But the stallion does not want to be ridden. So what would a stallion do? The stallion will do what people that Jesus sees in the crowd, what they'll do. They'll buck. Right? They'll kick. They'll, they'll scream. And I'm not going to make that noise, but y'all know what I'm talking about. They'll, they'll scream. Why? Because they don't want to be ridden. That's what I see, y'all. Do you see what I see? Do you see people that don't want to be broken? They want to do what they want to do. And you got to understand that the only difference between the broke horse and the non-broke horse is not that the broke horse is weak. The broke horse is not scrawny. The broke horse does not have hope. The broke horse is still strong, still muscular, still suave, still big. The difference is, is that they're under a different control. All of a sudden, they're not, they're not, they're not, they're not controlled by the whim. And the whim, they're controlled by someone who says, we got work to do. We got something we have to do. And so the stallion has to be ridden. And so Jesus looks up and he sees people who are stallions that don't want to be ridden. He sees 
sees stallions that don't want to be under control. He sees stallions that don't want to be accountable. He sees stallions that don't want to be responsible. He sees stallions don't want to do what nobody say do. They don't want to be under anybody's supervision. They don't want to be under anybody's watchful eye. They don't want to be under anybody's... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Objectives and anybody goal. They want to do what they want to do, when they want to do it, how they want to do it. But the problem is, you are not sovereign. God is. And some of you all in here know, I know I got some witnesses that when you do it your way, you can mess it up. All right. So that's what Jesus sees. I'm just asking y'all, do you see what I see? And so in the midst of ministry, Jesus is preaching, Jesus is teaching, Jesus is traveling. In the midst of ministry, perfection looks up and he sees imperfection all around him. Are y'all, care, are y'all catching this? Are y'all feeling what I'm saying? He sees it all around him. When he, and I believe that I've got some folk in here right now. You see what Jesus sees when you look at the news. Here's what he sees. Jesus says, this is not a strategic unit. He says, this is not organized. Are y'all catching this? This is not functional. This is not a force to be reckoned with. What I see is not one accord. This is not alignment. This is not an organism. This is not organization. This is not an infrastructure. I can't put anything valuable. I can't put anything, any vision on top of this because what I see cannot hold what I am and who I am because there is no infrastructure. There is no purpose in this. This is not order. Are y'all catching this? But when I saw the multitudes, he says, I don't see anything that is able to win a battle when I look out. Jesus, I hope I'm not messing nobody up with this. He says, this is a multitude. This is a crowd. This is potential chaos. This is potential confusion. Are y'all catching this? He says, I see distraction. I see frustration in front of me. I see double-mindedness. I see unrest, trouble, disorder, disarray. I see mix-ups. I see messiness in front of me. I see havoc. That's what he sees. Now, I don't know if I'm going to get to this later on in this message, but I think I just feel like I need to show this right now. These are the people that are following Jesus. 
All right, y'all catching that? These are people that's following Jesus. All right, so these ain't just some heathen. These are folk that's literally following Jesus, and that's what he sees. So let's let's break this thing down. Are y'all ready to break this thing down a little bit? Let's break it down a little bit because we hear the word multitude uh, over a hundred times in the New Testament, but the word multitude is from a Greek word that is that sounds oklos, oklos. Okay. O-K-H-L-O-S, Oculus, which means, listen to me, a crowd, a group, or a casual collection of common people gathered together with no order. That's what a multitude is. Yeah. That's why when Jesus, it's the same word for throng. That's why when Jesus was being thronged by the crowd, they said that someone touched him and he did not know who touched him because they were not organized. There are other translations that translate multitude as riot. Y'all catching this? As a riot. And so when Jesus sees the multitude, he sees a group of people who are collected and who have gathered together in no specific order. Are y'all catching this? And so what I'm saying is, is that you can be with Jesus and you can be out of order. Is, it, is this making sense? Yeah, you can be with Jesus and be you can be with Jesus and still be jacked up. These folk were in attendance, but they were not in agreement. Are y'all catching this? They have been introduced to Christ, but they have not produced anything that is Christ-like. What am I saying? You can be with the Messiah and still be messed up. Y'all don't want to talk about that, do you? You can still be with Christ and be confused. Anybody know, anybody know some folk in church confused? Anybody know some folk in church and messed up? Why? Because they're part of the multitude. They're part of the crowd. They have come together. But I guarantee you, if I send one simple question throughout this congregation, I'm going to get as many answers because we're not all on one accord. Are y'all with me in here? We're not all on one accord. You let somebody walk up in your gun and say, whoever believes in Christ, I want you to stand up right now. And let's see how many people stand up. Trust me, everybody ain't going to stand up because we're not on one accord. Double-minded. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So, so the word multitude, you got to get oculus. You got to understand. It does not mean that everyone is in agreement. You can't fight a battle if your regiment is out of order. You will not win. It's called divide and conquer. And so, so I know. So, so yeah, it, it, this is a messed up concept that you can follow Jesus and be jacked up. And I know it's messed up because watch this. When you look at the translations of, of, of this particular scripture and it's when, when, when Jesus says that, 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 that he was moved with compassion on them, the Bible says because they fainted. Listen to the translations of this. Listen to this. This is the translation. These are the folk that follow Jesus. In the ASV, they called it distress. In the ERV, they called it worry. In the ISV, they called them trouble. In the KJV, they called them fainting. In the NET, they said they were bewildered. In the NIV, they said they were harassed. In the, K- in the NKJV, they said they were weary. Okay, y'all not. These are church folk. These are followers. You mean to tell me that these, these folk who were in the church, these are folk who are supposedly having faith because of what they were distressed, worried, troubled, fainted, we will harass and weary. 
How are they to be considered all of that with all that they just seen Jesus do? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. He done healed folk. He done raised folk. He done delivered folk. He done lifted folk up. He done raised people from dead. He done dealt with Jairus' daughter. And they are fainting? Are y'all catching this? How is it that these people can be bewildered after all that they've seen Christ do? Okay. Y'all tired of that already, so let me just move on. Uh, let, me, let me stop here parenthetically pointing because I did have a question for the text. Because I'm thinking, you know, if you know anything about the book of Matthew and you travel through Matthew chapter 9, you'll know that there are several uh, miracles that happen in Matthew chapter 9, right? You just go, just go, just follow. Especially you got an NIV, it's categorized. You just follow it straight down the list of all the things that Jesus does. And so I asked text a question. I said, text, how come it took Jesus so long to look up? Are y'all catching me? How come it took Jesus so long to actually see the chaos that was in the crowd? And here's what I want. Because there's some folk in here uh, that see the chaos because they ain't being like Jesus. They, they ain't got nothing to do. I believe the reason why Jesus doesn't see the chaos in the crowd is because the Bible says in, 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 in verse 35, it says Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the In other words, he was busy. Somebody knows, somebody to say he was about his father's business. And, and what I'm saying is that Jesus is teaching a lesson here, but he's teaching a lesson to us that if you want to be able to get work done in the kingdom, you don't have time to worry about what sister so-and-so is doing and what brother such-and-such is wearing and how sister so-and-so smells today and what brother so-and-so was doing on last night and, and who brother so-and-so was doing it with last night. See, Jesus did not see the chaos because he was so busy doing ministry work and proving that he was who he said he was that it wasn't until after he got done being about his father's business that he actually looked up I just want to throw that out parenthetically so that some of us can get this and, and, and so and so with all that I just said it is important to recognize that Jesus being about his father's business it was about faith let the church say faith. faith. All right, I'm going hyper spiritual with some of y'all. I'm losing y'all because uh, I'm going faith, and y'all like, okay, that's everything. You know, it's, you know, faith is just a bit too much. You know, it's a bit too much. You can't put your fingers on faith. Can't you know? What I mean, you can't can't wrap your brain around faith. It's just too much. But there's two types of faith, y'all. Right? There's the faith of the crowd, and then there's faith of a congregation. There's a faith of a multitude. Are y'all catching what I'm saying? And then there's faith of people of God. So Jesus, as he's going around, he's going around, he's going around doing miracles, but it is about increasing faith that moves. Are y'all catching that? Y'all need to write that down. You just write that down and put that to the side. Because you need to understand why Jesus does what Jesus does. He's going about proving that he was the one who came with the message of salvation. He came about he came about doing the work of the Lord because it was not about just having faith. It was also about responding in faith. Somebody say responding in faith. Responding in faith. 
See, 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 okay, I, okay, it's Mother's Day, and, and, and some of my mothers are saying, uh, it's cool for you to tell me you love me, that's cool, I really like to hear it, yeah, I like to hear you say you love me, and that's kind of cool that you say you love me, yeah, I got the text this morning, uh-huh, I saw the Facebook message, that's kind of cool, you say you love me, but there's some folk in here that say, you better show me. Yeah. Y'all hear what I'm saying? There's some folks in here, some, some others in here, yeah, I appreciate that, but you know, nine months I carried you. Amen. And he, he, who, I pushed you out. I took care of you. I wiped, I wiped, uh, I wiped a little messy behind. I need a little bit more than you to tell me you love me. You need to show me you love me. Okay, y'all don't believe me. You, 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 you get in a relationship with somebody and you spend all your time telling them you love them and don't show them. That relationship won't last too long. Amen. And so you got to get this. Jesus is doing this not just so that people can have faith, but that they can have faith move them to responding in faith. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So he worked miracles to demonstrate. He was demonstrating his deity uh, to conform uh, to confirm that he was indeed God in human flesh. That the carpenter from Nazareth was really Christ. He was really the creator. He was really the sustainer. Rather than faith being a precondition for the miraculous. The miracles of Jesus pronounced judgment upon all who did not respond to his miracles with appropriate faith and repentance. That is upon all who rejected the claim of the deity. All I'm trying to say is, is that if the only reason why you in church is so God or through his son Jesus Christ can do something for you and you don't turn around and do something for God, you missed it. Why were the multitude there? They were there because of what they saw. They were there because they saw him heal somebody. They were there because they saw him feed somebody. They were there because they saw the 5,000 walk away and all got fed without, without counting the, the, the women and the children. That's why they were there. And they said, mm, man, maybe he's going to feed us again, so let's just stay with him. They were there to get. They weren't there to give. What do you mean give? This man is doing all of this? We're going to follow him, so yes. It ended up being a multitude. It ended up being a crowd. Why? Because they saw him doing things. They saw him performing miracles. But if that's the only reason why you're here is just to see the miracle and not to exercise your faith, you just missed it. Oh, I know I'm messing some folks up. I know I'm messing some people up. You mean to tell me, Pastor G, there's more to this church and this Christian thing that I can't just show up and just wave my hand a couple times and go home and it's good? No! God says, I pass judgment on you if that's the only reason why you came to church. I pass judgment on you if that's the only reason why you showed up. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying in here today? So we're being taught by the word of God that we must look beyond what Jesus does to ask and to comprehend why did he do it? Some of y'all ask yourself the question, why did you wake up this morning? On that accident that almost happened when you hydroplane and you could have slid into something and your heart got to beating and the only prayer you got out was Jesus. Why did you survive? Are y'all catching this? There have been people who I went to the dentist this past week and they gave me some medication. I don't even remember Monday. Y'all don't understand what I'm saying. I don't remember Monday. 
Are y'all catching this? And there were people that went through the same thing, ended up in a coma. Why? Why not me? Are y'all catching this? There have been people that went under the knife just like you did. And when they left the hospital, they left scissors in them and stitches in them and needles in there. Why not you? You went through the same thing. You, you should have lost your mind. People that lost their children. Folks that had stillborn. Other folks that lost their money. People that lost their houses. Folks that lost their mind. Why not you? You need to ask yourself the question. I know God did it, but I don't know why. God, why did you save me? Why did you raise me? Why did you keep me? Why did you give me that degree? Why did you give me that A when I didn't deserve it? Why did you do it? Are y'all catching this? Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If the only reason you are here today is because of what God has done for you and not why God did it, then you are, you are a spiritual and a psychological mess. And you're cheapening the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're discrediting the purpose of Christ and you're, you're denigrating the deity of Christ. You are a part of the crowd. You're not a part of the congregation. If you can't ask, God, why did you do it? Why did you keep me? Why did you save me? Why did you shield me? Are y'all catching this at all? Now, how do I know that there's a difference? Because watch this. Jesus during, when Jesus looks up and Jesus sees the multitude, watch this, Jesus has access to another word. When he looked up, he had access to another word, right? When he finally looks up, he doesn't see what Moses saw. He doesn't see what Moses saw. Y'all catching that? He don't see what Moses saw. But he had access to the same word. That Moses used, but he didn't use it. So I'm like, come on, y'all turn with me in book of Numbers, chapter 27. Numbers, chapter 27, Old Testament. Slide back. To the left, to the left. Numbers, chapter 27, verse 15. Numbers, chapter 27, verse 15. Y'all got to catch this. Y'all got to catch this. Jesus looks up and he looks. He looks out just like Moses looked out. And he had the opportunity to see what Moses saw. But he didn't. Okay, so y'all, y'all in Numbers, y'all hold it right there. Let me give you the backdrop. Okay, so you're in the book of Numbers. Y'all understand that Moses done messed up. Moses done transgressed. God says you ain't going into the kingdom. You're not going to go into the promised land. You and Aaron going to die in the wilderness because y'all messed up, right? 
And so Moses, after realizing that God is not going to allow them to, to march into the promised land, Moses looks up and he looks out. And here's what it says. Moses spoke to the Lord, saying, let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh. Listen, set a man over the crowd. Y'all see that? I know y'all don't. It's a test. It's only a test. Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation who may go out before them and go in before them. So Moses doesn't see a multitude. Moses doesn't see a crowd. Moses sees a congregation. And the reason why he sees a congregation is because the Bible says that he's asking the Lord to set a man over them. Keep reading. It says, it, it says, uh, it says so that the people may not be like sheep which have no shepherd. Where did that come from? Y'all catching it? So when you slide back to Matthew, now you understand where Jesus got that word from. He got it from Moses. The difference though is, is that even though Jesus sees a multitude, he's moved with compassion because they are like sheep that have no shepherd. He sees a crowd and Moses saw a congregation. Come on and preach. So look around, y'all. What do you see? Do you see what I see? Do you see a crowd? Or do you see what Moses saw? Do you see a congregation? See, y'all don't really know what y'all see now. But y'all like, Pastor, I'm, I'm just not sure. And y'all want me to help you out? Moses saw a congregation and not a crowd. Somebody say congregation, not a crowd. Moses did not see a throng. Moses did not see a multitude. Moses did not see the disorganization. He didn't see restlessness. He didn't see people looking to get something. In contrast, Moses saw a congregation that were like sheep which had no shepherd. What is the difference? Here it is. While the word crowd is translated as a casual collection of common people who are gathered together with no order, the word congregation that Moses saw is is from the Hebrew word edah. Somebody say edah. Are y'all catching this? Edah, right? Which which is uh, related to the word eid, meaning somebody say witness. Meaning witness. Hence, that means that Edah is a group or community of people that bears witness. Edah is not sitting back, simply waiting to receive something. They are gathered and they're coming together and they're a collective of people who come together to do something. Man, I don't know if y'all caught that. That's why when y'all come to church. You should be identifying. You should be identifying with a songwriter who said, "You should be a witness." Yeah, and he said, "You should be a witness." He said, "You ought to testify that the Lord has been what good to you. You ought to testify that that Jesus has what brought you through." Now, here's the deal. He said, "Don't be ashamed." To be a what? Witness 
for the Lord on Evie or on Orn. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying today. <laughs> so the way to get from a crowd to a congregation is somebody needs to know that you need to testify. That you need to be a witness. And I just want to know, do you see what I see? This is church folk. We ain't talking about folk out, out there on the street. These are folk who are following Jesus. When you look up, what do you see? Do you see a crowd of folk that won't win a battle even if they tried? Do you see a crowd of people who are disorganized? Or do you see a congregation of people who are willing to stand up and be a witness for Jesus? Or stand up and be a witness for the Lord? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying in here? Because, because you're just a crowd if you're not willing to do what the word of God says and just say, go tell it on the mountain. If you're not willing to do that, you're just a crowd. If you're not willing to tell God, uh, tell, uh, tell people what God has done for you, you're just a part of the crowd. You are just somebody that showed up today. Are y'all catching this? The word of God. Y'all slide over to Isaiah 43. Slide over to Isaiah 43 and 12. Hopefully y'all can make some, some little notes in your Bibles. These are some great scriptures to keep close to you. Uh, keep close to you. Keep close to you. Isaiah 43. Watch this. Watch this. And this is what you got to know. This is what you got to know. You got to know this. You got to know this. This is what God did for you. This is what God does for you. This is what God is doing for you right now. The Bible says in Isaiah 43 verse 12. 43 verse 12. Y'all got it? Y'all got it? Some of y'all don't. That's all right. Y'all catch up. Here we go. The Bible says, I have declared. He says, and I have saved. He said, and I have showed out. He says, when there was no strength, y'all see little G, God, among you, therefore ye are my what? The, my what? Witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am what? God. He says, I need some witnesses that I am God. What is he saying? He says, I'm not your car. He says, I'm not your house. I'm not your spouse. I'm not your money. I'm not your network. I'm not your appearance. I'm not your crush. I'm not your possessions. I'm not your investments. I'm not your degrees. I'm not your bank account. I'm not your entertainment. I'm not your public officials. And I am not your boo. He says, I am your God. And beside me, there is none other. And so if you can't stand up and be a witness because of who I am and what I've done for you, then you are not a part of the congregation. You are part of the crowd. You just showed up. In other words, you're taking up space. You're using God's air. And God said, I can give that air to somebody who won't praise me. And not only that, he says, I strengthened you when you could not strengthen yourself. I kept you when you couldn't keep yourself. He says, I am God. That's what he says. So Jesus is looking for a congregation of witnesses who will at least say to somebody or lean over to somebody and just say, I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. So God has been good to some of y'all in here. Some of you, he has held your mind together when you didn't know what was holding you together. Are y'all catching me on this one? 
A congregation. A congregation is a group of people who look back over their life and can be a witness of just how far God has brought you and kept you and calmed you. He's matured you. He done saved you. He healed you. He fed you. He clothed you. He promoted you. He let, he let you graduate. He let you get a good job. He let you put the money in the bank account. He let you do it without you putting anything back. You ain't got no saving. You ain't got no investment. You ain't got no net worth, but he still protected you, still provided for you. He still and you ain't been no witness yet. Man, I really want to stop right there. I really want to stop right here. This is indoctrination. God, through his word, is judging y'all. I ain't doing it. His word is doing it. He's saying, are you willing to stand up and be a witness? Are you willing to testify and tell what God has done for you? Are y'all catching what I'm saying yet? What's the point? That's where some of y'all are. What's the point, Pastor? Are y'all ready? What's the point? If you're breathing, inhale, exhale. Then the point of your being in this world is to bear witness to God through your life and through your extraordinarily improbable, even miraculous, continued existence that this is what Jesus wants to see from from you and from me. Notice. But with all that, he don't get mad. He don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. He didn't argue with him. Am I in the Bible? But when he saw the multitude, he, 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 he didn't get mad the next, after that comma, right? He didn't storm out. He didn't start an argument, right? He didn't throw things around. The Bible says, after all of that, what happens? Jesus does something that I consider to be marvelous. <laughs> he says he moved with compassion. Right? He's moved with compassion. This ain't new. Jesus does it all the time. He was moved with compassion when he fed the 5,000. He was moved with compassion when he fed the 4,000. He was moved with compassion when he healed the leper. Y'all know about these? He was, he was moved with compassion when he healed the demon-possessed man. When, 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 when the widow of, of, of Nain, who had lost her son, he was moved with compassion on the two blind men. This ain't new. Jesus is showing us. And you ain't got to get all, all twisted up. Say so when you, when God says, when I, when I do something in your life, know that I did it, not because I was mad at you. He said, I did it because I was moved with compassion. Are y'all catching this? And so when you are, when you have compassion, somebody say that ain't pity. Right? Because people who are moved by pity look at you and say, oh, that's a shame. Poor thing. I'm sorry. But they don't do nothing. People who are moved with compassion, they are moved into action. Somebody say moved into action. Y'all catching this? So when Jesus is moved, he heals people. He delivers demon-possessed folk. He raises people from the dead. He feeds people when he is moved with compassion. And so here's the three points. And this is what y'all paid for. This is what y'all paid for. Y'all ready for three points? And I'm going to leave y'all alone. So how does Jesus move them from a crowd to a congregation? Are y'all ready? The very first thing he does is, uh, first thing, he said, he calls them to the need. Yeah. So in other words, Jesus is communicating with them. So he calls the disciples. Look what it says. The Bible says that he looked at them. Then he said unto his disciples, right? I'm just stop right there. He calls them. 
He says, look at the harvest. Look at the harvest. Are y'all catching this? Look at the harvest. That's what I'm trying to tell y'all. Look around. Look around. There's some folk that are around you that you know have a testimony. And they're sitting on it. Yeah. Right? You got some folk around you who you know could be a blessing to someone else if they just open their mouth and just say what the Lord has done for them. Are y'all catching me today? It was one to fall out and you got to cry. Sometimes you can just sing your testimony. Sometimes you can just wave your testimony with your hand. Sometimes you can just stand up and just one tear is your whole testimony. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? You ain't got to do all that. But God says, God says you got to show somebody and you got to tell somebody what God has done for you. Some of y'all, y'all come through some tremendous, some of these mothers in here, you have come through some tremendous challenges in your life. You've come over, you've come over mountains and through valleys. God has kept you. God has raised some of y'all, been raped and molested. You've been, you've been talked about. You've been misused and you're still here. You're still standing strong. And folks need to understand how is it that you still walk with your head up? How is it that you're able to keep your mind with all that you've been through, all that your family's taken you through, all that your children have taken you through. What is it about you that's keeping you still going when you lost everybody? All or your family's gone off, or your brothers are gone off, or your sisters are gone. You, the last one. How is it that you're standing up when that tragedy happened in your life? How is it that you still stand up when you know that you don't have enough gas in your car to get home? You need to tell somebody that I am able to get in my car and go to church with purpose because I know God. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Can get me there and back on fumes. How can I get up in the morning knowing that my cover is bare and still see my kids and say we gonna eat? How is it that you can keep your mind together with all that you got going on in your life? And I just need you to know that you ain't got to be 50 and 60 and 70 to got something to praise God for. You can be 12 and 13 and 14 because I see kids every day. They get up and walk outside and don't come home. I see kids that are snatched up. I see kids that are abused and misused and molested. I see kids that end up put into systems where they're sold to other people for ransom. Don't tell me that God cannot keep you no matter who you are and where you are. And you sit on your testimony. Like God ain't done nothing for you. And so he said, disciples, look up. There's some testimonies in here. There's some folk who've been through in here. And they need to be a witness of what God has done for them. Do I have a witness in here? Got some folk up in here. People are trying to find you to figure out how did you raise your kids? I can't get my act right. What did you do? That's the first thing he did. He said, look up. And this is what I like about the book of John, chapter four. He said, look up. He said, say not ye that there are yet four months and then cometh harvest. Behold, he says, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields. He said, look at the need. 
He says, for they are white, all ready to harvest. We ain't got to wait for next week. You ain't got to wait for next month. You ain't got to wait till somebody call you up. You ain't got to wait. You ain't got to wait till the, to, to the, to the loan gets paid totally off. You ain't got to wait till they tell you got the job. You ain't got to wait until you get the degree and get the paper in your hand. If you need to start the business, if you need to stop it, if you need to put it down, you can do it right now. Jesus. Yeah. The first thing he does is he calls them to the knees. The second thing he does is, the Bible says, he calls them to their knees. I'm in the Bible. He says, he says, they say, then he says unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Next thing he says is pray. I love, I love the way Jesus does. He just says pray. Somebody says, says pray ye. Are y'all catching this? Some of you says ask the Lord. In other words, somebody just say pray. You ain't got to go no further. In order for us to make a difference, all the word of God says is just pray. When you see the need, pray. Am I right about it? Why am I saying, why is he saying pray? Come on, y'all. Why is he saying pray? He's saying pray because he understands that all things are possible if you ask. If you ask the Lord, and as long as you ask with thanksgiving and believing that he can do what he said he's going to do. He said you'll have whatever you ask. All you got to do is ask. Sometimes the, sometimes the squeaker will get the oil. Come on. Uh-huh. I got to get out of way. Here's the last thing he does. First thing he does is he calls him to the knees. He says, look up and look out. Don't wait. You ain't got to wait for a month for the harvest. The need is out there. You can start right now. The next thing he does is say pray. He calls them to their knees. And the last thing he does is he calls them to renew. The Bible says, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Uh Uh-huh. What's the harvest field? Y'all want to know what the harvest field is? I'm sure. The harvest field is symbolic of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Are y'all catching this? More specifically and more positively, a harvest is a type of a resurrection to eternal life and birth into the kingdom of God. What am I saying? That if you want to be more than a crowd, if you want to be a congregation, if you want to testify, if you want to be a witness, your witness must be that you've been born again. You've been set apart. You've been sanctified. You've been justified. You've been cleansed from the inside out by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why the songwriter said, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. It can clean you up. It can turn you around. It can wipe you clean as snow. And you ought to be able to look up and say, I have been renewed. All right. Okay, all right, all right. Okay, I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to leave it alone. But uh, God says, God says that when you've been renewed, when you've been renewed, okay, what does renewed look like? In, in, a, very, in a very extreme sense, renewed looks like what happens when Pastor G walks into the barbershop. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have said it like this. In an extreme sense, 
Renewed looks like what happens when I walk into some of my church members' house. Are y'all with this? See, when you've been renewed, when you go places, things change. Right? When you get renewed, when they call me, they call me to come to these podcasts. Somebody go to these podcasts, and when I and, and they, they call me, say, Pastor, Z, let us know when you on your way. <laughs> and I walk in, be all these incense. And... But see, if I show up unannounced, it's like, oh, 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 Pastor, hold up, oh, Pastor, wait a minute, hold, Pastor, wait, hold. Hold, hold on. Y'all go out there and talk to him. Keep him busy. See, when you've been renewed, you can't do the same stuff you used to do. Are y'all catching this? And more importantly, you become a walking witness so that everywhere you go, you don't have to open your mouth and say nothing because your witness is speaking for you. So when I walk in the bar, when I walk into the barbershop, the language changes. <laughs> right? When I walk into those studios, the air changes. The conversation changes. The, the, the literature on the table changes. Right? It goes from certain magazines to other magazines. I get in some of y'all cars and stuff, end up on the dashboard. It wasn't on the dashboard before. I go in your house and stuff gets moved around. Why? Because I'm a walking witness. When God renews you, it's like you're a walking witness. What does that mean? That means that God has poured something into you and he needs to get it out of you. Otherwise, God wouldn't have put the value in you. He says you have within you this treasure in earthen vessels. So he's put this stuff in you. And I don't care what you look like on the exterior. I don't care what you look like on the outside. I don't care if you I don't care if you're short, you're tall, you're fat, you're skinny, I don't care if you got braids, I don't care if you're wearing jeans, I don't even care if you're sagging, I don't care what your breast smell like, I don't know, I don't care what you did last night. God says there's still a treasure in there. And he said, I put it in there to get it out. And this is the difference between a crowd and a congregation. Y'all get it? Okay, so I only got a few. So, so Pastor Rose has been working. And so Pastor Rose, he has, there was value in this bucket when he started. There was money. There's still some money in here. There was money in this bucket when when we started the message. And every time a scripture was read, every time a nugget was given, every time something for revelations was put out there, there was a there was a shift in value. Right? So what I'm saying is, is that God says that I give you the word. I give you favor. I give you vision. I give you purpose. I invest in you destiny. I put in you education. I give you breath in your body. I give you the activities of your men. 
I give you a reasonable portion of health and strength. I put value in you. And here's the difference between a crowd and a congregation. There are some people in here that if you are a crowd, you take everything that God puts in you and you hold it. What you've been through is in there, but you hold it. What he saved you from is in there, but you hold it. He delivered you from alcohol. He delivered you from them drugs. He saved your life from that accident. He did it, but you hold it. He put it in the slot, but you're saving it. I don't know what you're saving it for. Y'all know how it was. Some of y'all grew up, and they had those kind of banks. Didn't have a hole in the bottom. Porcelain didn't have a hole, did it? Because the idea was that when you put it in, you couldn't get it out. But when the ice cream truck came, and you needed to get out, what was in you? What did you do? God says, he says, sometimes when I'm dealing with a crowd that I put so many blessings into and they will not let it out, he has to shake you up. He's shaking you up, somebody in here, you're being shook up. And the reason why you're being shook up is because God says, I put that degree in you to get something out. He's shaking you up. You trying to figure out why is it going the way it's going? Why my relationship happened the way it has? Because he's trying to get out of you. What he's putting. And the more he wants out, the more he's thinking he's going to do. And here's what I hate about it. Is that God realizes that if he shakes you enough and nothing comes out, he stops shaking. And he starts breaking. Anybody ever been broken here? Oh yeah. He said, if I can't shake it out, I'll break. You ever been flat on your back? God told you to slow down. God told you to put it down and you didn't do it. And God says, all right. Here it comes. So look at the name and say, David, you won't shake it and you won't break it. Do you won't shake it and you won't break it? Which one you want? So, so, so this is a this is a crowd full of people filled up with value. God's taking y'all all over here. While you're going through all the stuff you're going through because he's shaking you. And ain't nobody being blessed because ain't nothing coming out of you. But this is a congregation. This is people who understand that the reason why I'm here is not because of what I can get, but because of what I can give. And so what God expects you to do, some of y'all, y'all like this, y'all heavy. God done done so much for you, you got so, you so bottled up, you so full, somebody says your cup is running over, you so full with what God has done for you. You can't wait to come into the house of God. You can't wait to get to nobody. You can't wait because... You can't wait because God says, when I put it in you, I pour, I open up windows of heaven and pour you out blessings so that you can pour it out into this world. This is what God wants. This is what God wants. He wants you empty. 
Because he says, you got to make room for more. Y'all don't know where to shout. I don't know where to shout. You trying to hold on? What you holding on for? He says, I'm trying to make room for more. And you hold on to the little bit you got. He said, yes, I blessed you last week. But if you can let go of last week, I'll bless you this week too. Jesus. Do you see what I see? I don't want to see a crowd, y'all. God doesn't want to see a crowd. He wants to see a congregation. He wants to see people who are willing to be a witness. Yes, sir. Yeah. Tell what God has done for you. And don't think that your testimony don't mean nothing. Don't think that don't be comparing your testimony to somebody else's testimony. What God has for you is for you. The Bible says he will only put on you what he knows that you can bear. So what God has sent your way, hey, that's yours. So run, tell it. Tell your neighbors and neighbor, run, tell that. Whatever God has done for you, run, tell that. Whatever God has brought you through, run, tell it. Because that's why God did it. So that you could be a witness. Put your hands together for God. Now y'all put your hands together for Pastor Rose. <laughs> Pastor Rose. Who had to work 